Hello and welcome back to Bengali Girl. This is your podcast host Nikita and I'm so grateful that you're here. So I've been away on a break from podcast for quite some time, you know, the month of April, and I think it's time to explain why as there were a couple of planned and also unexpected reasons. I have been working on a couple of things in the background in terms of clothing and other business ideas that I have cultivated in my time without understanding like the effort that I would have to give. However, we're still working through that and I will update you as soon as I complete a couple of things from the to-do list. <laughs> and I've also, you know, been heavily um, into spirituality and religion because it was Ramadan um, and I wanted to shift my focus on devoting my free time to that. Uh, but other than that, my father was also not well, which you would know if you followed me on my Instagram, which is Nikita underscore TK. And I suppose it was mentally too heavy for me to work on a passion project when one of my family members is not well. But I would also like to take this opportunity to shout out or like just show appreciation to three people. And before I begin, I think it's important to mention why I'm talking about these three people. And that's because honestly, they did this because all three of their hearts are made out of gold and not because it was expected out of them or anyone had mentioned that they should do this right so the first two people that i would like to talk about are my father-in-law and my mother-in-law i like to call them baba and ma and they've been with my dad from the beginning till the end of his treatment where they would wake up in the morning go to the hospital stay with my mom till late at night till my mom had to tell them to leave because the you know the hospital could not accommodate like three people staying with the patient and my mother-in-law would wake up in the morning and cook hot meals so that my mom did not have to rely on like hospital food and my mother-in-law would also send me like pictures just so that I could feel like I'm there and not be anxious or worried and the other person that I would like to talk about is my cousin's wife or my sister-in-law. I just call her Apu. I really don't call her Bhabi. And that's because she's always been like part of the family. I was really young when she came into the family and never felt like a Bhabi. She always felt like a sister. And she is a doctor. So honestly, she would help my dad and mom like late at night. She stayed over. She helped them. And I think these three people may god bless them honestly i'm currently like tearing up just like talking about this because if these three people weren't there and weren't doing what they did i would have probably been so anxious that i would have flown to dhaka right away and like been there for my dad because yeah but anyways i am speaking about this because it's important to realize that you have good people around you they might not be a lot there might be few people who are really good at heart around you or you have in your circle, but it's so important to realize and acknowledge who they are and just be grateful that God has blessed you with these people around you. And yeah, so today's topic, <laughs> today's topic dwells upon insecurities and its place in our culture. And I will try to not go too scientific or bookish on this topic because we all are aware of the psychology of it but I suppose no one really opens up or talks about their insecurities in public platforms as often maybe the you know 
foreign cultures do but Bengali people really don't talk about their insecurities as much as we would like especially people who have a platform to talk about because they don't realize that once they talk about their insecurities or they address their insecurities they're helping a lot of other girls or young women or men you know who are impressionable um, help and find comfort in what they have or they look or whatever um, and it's highly important to talk about what you are not um, comfortable with because when you're uncomfortable is when you grow so people don't like sharing their negative news or unhappiness on social media and I think I'm one of them too because on the outside it seems that everyone's life including myself you know our lives are exciting and happy however we barely scratch the surface in getting to know someone through internet and I completely understand when people say that hey this is my space on the internet and I like to keep it a positive vibe or you know by sharing my achievements or just fond memories um, the internet is definitely not a safe space according to me and that is because when you post something and this does not matter if you have a private or a public account because there will always be certain people who would actually feel joy out of your sorrow and um, I have identified a few people in my life right now but you know that is just how people are now insecurities can stem from childhood experiences traumatic events comparison with others lack of self-confidence or cultural and societal influences so growing up as a Bangladeshi girl living in UAE there was always like an added layer of proving it to other people that even though you grew up outside of Bangladesh you were aware and understood the culture and respected it because you heard you know people's remark on kids who aren't connected to their roots and how these kids are apparently showing off just because they grew up elsewhere. So this is one of my insecurities. I'm very insecure of the fact that I am not completely knowledgeable about my own mother tongue. I'm very, very, you know, grateful and respective of the history that how our mother tongue and became our national language you know I can read and speak but writing has always been a challenge and oftentimes my mom would have to like translate numbers to English for me uh, and I'm very insecure about it because I have been looked down upon it for you know by family, friends, and even strangers. And you know, like my mom, bless her heart, she tried really hard for me to not have this insecurity. The fact that I can read and speak is probably because of my mom. So in my house, my dad would speak to us only in English and my mom would speak to us in Bangla so that we are aware of the two different languages that are going around wherever we are and also learn the language. Um, and the fact that I can read is because my mom would have someone after school come to our house and teach me how to read the Quran and understand the meaning of it but also teach me Bangla. So I had those kindergarten books that kids in Bangladesh or like grade one books that kids in Bangladesh use to like learn the letters or the alphabets and that's how I learned how to read. Writing, I can write my name uh, and I can write my husband's name and my parents name 
but that's about it um and i regret it because you know it is an important thing the language is so beautiful the alphabets seem like art and the fact that you really can't write a full sentence is just sad for me it might not be sad according to other people's standards but that i think is how insecurities are so your insecurities for example would not really be considered an insecurity by me and you know girls and boys they have their own set of insecurities like boys are often told to not show too many emotions or not to cry because men are supposed to be strong and apparently crying is a sign of weakness for men and girls are told to cover up because they will attract guys and probably be harassed for it and the harassment will be because of the way we dress and not because of how these men think you know i was very reluctant to talk about this topic and it's only because i knew that me talking about this meant i have to share my own experiences as well and i was reluctant because i did not know how it would be received but part of my reasoning for opening this podcast and it being a passion project for me has been that i need to talk unfiltered and raw and it's high time that we address the elephant in the society's room which is the obsession of southeast asian or south asian people with the color of their skin they would prefer being forsha or fair and they would do anything for it they would spend money and i'm talking about lots of money the whitening effect industry in skin care or laser treatments or any of those beauty treatments are one of the biggest industries in the country or in the subcontinent because people are obsessed with it and it does not stem definitely does not stem from the media or the fact that fair and lovely you know advertises in such a way it was a layer of course i'm not going to say it did not influence anything um fair and lovely ads were bad and i'm glad they changed it but if you look at the ads they're still a bit problematic but definitely these issues or this obsession definitely stemmed from way longer than fair and lovely and it's definitely sad that it does because um it's still prevalent um i don't think it's going to change because changing this ideology or this mindset in a generation would actually take two to three generations completely overhauling this idea and unfortunately things like these society influences or cultural now they have become part of the culture these cultural and societal influences are being passed down through generational trauma and childhood experiences that are causing lack of self-confidence and comparison with others my experience with that oh my god where do i start so when i was a child i was not considered forsha according to the society or fair according to the society i was considered tan and that i'm i'm just using a good word for it in bangla people called me kalo right um unfortunately for them <laughs> and uh growing up with 
listening to advices being given to my mom on how to lighten my skin color, um, such as drowning myself in the shower with milk or using turmeric mask or honey on my skin um, or not even going out to play. Yes, <laughs> you know, hearing these stuff now when we are adults is completely baffling but this was my reality and the reality for a lot of Bengali or Indian or Pakistani or Sri Lankan or Nepali kids growing up because this is how our society would tell us that you need to be forsha um, to be considered a valuable member <laughs> and I'm laughing now but honestly I was crying back then <laughs> And that's my coping mechanism. I laugh through the pain, but, <laughs> um, you know, I think what it did, I mean, I'm sorry if I'm pausing a lot and that's only because this is such an uncomfortable topic, but you know, un being uncomfortable means you're growing. So, um, it gave me so much trauma as a child that I was not considered Forsha and I was being consistently compared with my sister um, who was Dhabta Bashada and very beautiful and you know she still is very beautiful but I was constantly being compared to her and made to feel like I was inferior um, to the fact where people would ignore me in social events um, and they would want to just talk to my sister and this is kids that I'm talking about, aunties that I'm talking about. I just felt like a wallflower at that point and for me um, I think it's because at our house my dad never made me feel like that or my mom even though she was being heavily affected by this because of people's remarks. Um, she tried not to you know make me do those things she never made me shower with milk and stuff like that but in our house uh, we were never really made to feel different both of us were pampered heavily by by our parents and uh, so when I would go out and these things would happen around me I would feel like confused uh, on what's happening because you know as kids our world or our view of the world is shaped by how our parents view the world or uh, how our parents cope with the world um, and I was just heavily confused as to why this was such an important topic for people to talk about when they saw me and it did cause me the trauma right um, to the fact or to the day when I see in the mirror I see a tanned person um, you know people around me tell me no you have your forsha or like your fair you're kind of fair according to society and stuff like that but in my eyes when I look in the mirror and I see myself I do not see any change in my skin tone um, and that can be a good thing because now I've become very comfortable with my skin or in my skin but I feel bad for the 12 year old Nikita who used or spent all of her pocket money in buying these whitening creams <laughs> and literally burned her skin <laughs> and like ruined her skin barrier because of it. 
I feel bad for all the girls who are still growing up uh, listening to these you know remarks from their close ones or loved ones or even from strangers and it's affecting them to the point where this whitening industry is blooming through you know recessions or what because people want to just become fair and you know i still don't know how i got out of this insecurity i think a big part of me coping with this insecurity was moving away um, or exposing myself to different cultures or following influencers or people with a platform who advocate for everything being normal i think representation the reason it's being pushed so much by people is because it's important to see different kinds of human beings on the screen and know that normal is just a word there is nothing that can be defined as normal because everyone has their own version of normal and oh my god i still like i'm turning red talking about this because i never thought i would talk or share this part of me on such a platform and for it to be forever on the internet um that was you know one of my insecurities and the second one is i am not competitive at all and you being a desi kid listening to this podcast would know what i mean because competitiveness is being instilled into us as we're growing up so we have to be the first in class we have to be the first in a running race or like a skipping race or like you know just excel in everything you do and my thing as a kid and maybe probably it's because i'm the younger the youngest in the family is everyone is good in their own like you know it's chill <laughs> i'm i am not competitive i don't think um it's important to be the best at everything just be the best at what you're doing like let's say you are running do it properly you know and that's good enough for me if you are entering a competition just give your best version and if you win that's great but if you don't you took the energy and the courage to join that competition and obviously this has been a big disappointment for my parents and sometimes my husband <laughs> and that's because you know my dad loves being competitive my sister loves being competitive so he would take both of us like out on the field and be like okay let's do some racing now or like jumping jacks and stuff like that who can do the most and you know my sister is giving it all and i'm just like in the corner like hey can i pick up that flower or like you know and my dad or like the society termed it as me being girly but it's not me being girly it's just me avoiding competition because I think as a kid I realized that I might have some kind of an issue that I wasn't able to identify which later on I realized was anxiety. I just hate the anxiety that comes with competition. Um and my husband is not like this as well sometimes because I avoid playing games with him. We both like, you know, sometimes I give up, but sometimes I get really pissed at him and I'm just like going at it like no, I'm going to win. He he's the only person who can get the competitive side out of me. But 
<laughs> yeah, it does not end up good for us. So I think that's why I tried avoiding it. And he loves playing games like, you know, Monopoly or anything. And I'm just like, eh, yeah, let's just do it. Like, you know, everyone's going to win. Or even my best friend, Maisha. Oh, my God. She can attest to this as well. So when we would go for dawats, you know, and it would get boring at a point. Like, how much can you talk about what's happening in your life or like, you know, how much can you talk about ghosts and jinn? Like, come on, there's an end to that story, right? So everyone ends up like playing some games. So we would play games like Chorpolis Dakat or like, you know, we would play games like the, the villagers and the murderers and stuff. Or like any games, like charades. Um, we would very much always play charades. And I would hate being against her. Like, I would hate being in two different teams. Like, if she's in a team A and I'm in team B. Because, oh my god, she gets so competitive. I'm just... She can make me cry with her competitiveness. Like, she... Yeah. So, I remember whenever we would play any games, the first thing I'll say is, I don't want Maisha in the opposite team. Whatever team she's in, I'll be there. Because then I can chill and I know my girl's going to handle everything. Um, but growing up as kids, we're made to feel that if we're not being competitive enough, we're being lazy. Um... To the fact where I feel like if I'm not doing, you know, something and if I'm just relaxing, um, it kind of makes me feel guilty for even relaxing. Um, I would cry every night as a kid because my mom would tell me that I'm not going to turn up as successful like my sister because my sister is competitive. So she always puts her best foot forward and I'm just out there, you know breezing through life so of course her telling me this is her being concerned but who's gonna explain that to the little me um but yeah oh my god i can't believe i shared like these two things or insecurities that i'm so so uncomfortable about sharing like it took me so long to admit all this to my husband or like share this with my friends but oh my god Okay, it's out there. I'm not gonna edit this out. <laughs> if you're hearing this, um, I probably just submitted it for it to be published and I changed my passwords so that I don't log back in. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed listening to me being uncomfortable about my insecurities and still slaving it through here <laughs> but thank you so much um over the next few episodes i am gathering a few of my friends to come on the episode and talk about different topics of discussion so i hope that will be fun as well because i feel like just me babbling on might become a bit boring um, but this is just me beating myself, okay? So, but thank you so much for listening to Bengali Girl. And I hope you come back to the next episode. Take care. Bye. <laughs>